all the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Welcome to 442FM. And then there were four. Four teams left in this season's Hyundai A-League. Uh, with me to talk about the first round of the finals, I have Kivinez. Hello. Con Stamacostas. Good afternoon, gents. He's got, he's got a nice new beard as well. Yeah. We were just we were just commenting on, it, on his beard. Very, very nicely groomed. Well, I can groom the beard, but I can't groom the up, up the top anymore, so I've got to focus <laughs> on the bottom. That, that's my line as well, yes. yeah. That's the future. I, I did read, just before you start growing it into like a hipster beard, yeah. that they did a study and something like 60% of beards have actually found actual human shit in them. <laughs> Feces. <laughs> so, uh, so just be careful. <laughs> well, the, the, the pod's just got a very highbrow all of a sudden. <laughs> like, how, where do you go from there? Can you go up or down? I tell you where we, we go from there. We've been talking shit for so long. <laughs> Why change? Why change the habit of a oh lifestyle? Gosh, lifetime. Yeah. So you're saying that today's hipsters are full of shit, eh? Mm. <laughs> um, I don't want to offend any hipster listeners. No, no. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we, we don't have any on four four two. Do we really? There is a limited amount of beards. There should be a limited amount of beards and football facial hair and football. I just don't think it's a good combination myself. Well, um, you actually uh, you styled yourself on Mile Jednak as you uh, yeah, as you yeah, said on the I way did. in. I did. He's got the template for the for the beard. I think he's he's a man's man. Yeah. Uh, talking of uh, men's men, we've got Johnny Davidson on the line again <laughs> from England. Uh, good morning, guys. I'm, I'm glad you, you led with that, Adam, and not not shit. That, would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that comes later. Uh, <laughs> We'll let, we'll let our listeners decide on that. Um, John's got fashionable stubble. He's got morning stubble, as I look at him on FaceTime. Brazil stubble, yeah, I seem to remember that look from. Teen Wolf style look. Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, great reference. We're in with the obscure film and TV references yeah. straight off the bat. Lovely stuff. Right then, let's talk about football. Um... Kev, do you want to talk about football or beards for a little bit longer? No, no, let's 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 have a chat about some football. football. But can we go back to the beards later? We'll, we'll come back to some beards. Okay, let's start off with um, a little bit of news first before we get stuck into. Um, the FFA launched their whole of football plan today. A 112-page PDF, which actually took about 20 minutes to download. Mm. Uh, because I think everybody in Australia was downloading it at the same time. Uh, and there's a lot to digest. Uh, and to be honest, I've only got about three quarters of the way through it so far. Uh, it's quite an interesting read. There's a huge amount of work gone into this, clearly. I mean, this is not uh, some five-page national curriculum, as uh, the, uh, the first draft of the national curriculum was a few years back. This has been the result of uh, quite extensive travelling around the country, we, we, Adam and you and I went to one of the uh, the whole for the fo- off football forums that was held in Sydney, but they travel around the world, uh, travel around the country, doing them, meeting everybody from grassroots upwards, getting their input. But I have to admit, when we were at the uh, the one in Sydney, 
I came out and said it was a bit like a timeshare sales pitch, to be honest. We'd, mm. You were kind of led by the nose as to the way the FFA wanted you to respond as a group uh, at these forums. Uh, and there were very leading questions and uh, that they were, you were being asked uh, and asked to prove, uh, essentially. Um, but having said that, having had a look at the full uh, report, or most of it so far... It is an interesting read uh, and seems to be going in the right direction. Some of the maths, I think, is a bit bit dodgy, though. Mm. I mean, they're talking about, so at the moment, there's 2 million participants uh, and 7.5 million uh, football participants in some way affected, involved in the game. And they want to grow that to 15 million by 2035. That's a huge amount. Which will be half of the population. Even, even in a that projected point. 30 million population, that's every second person is involved in football in some way or another. And as I said on Twitter, we'll also get pet unicorns, hoverboards, and uh, healthy pork ribs. That, that just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Uh, well, they want a 15 million strong football community by 2035, including 1 million club members. And by football communities, that's someone flicking over to Barcelona for five minutes I, I, at the end of the championship. How do they quantify it? Yeah. Genuinely, looking at it, I think it's, it's even more tenuous than that. It's mum and dad taking the kid to soccer on a, Monday mo- on a Saturday morning. Okay. That's three, straight off the bat. Uh, that's three people. That's three people. Starting from next week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you know, the face following the, um, the AFL's lead there with their Auskick program, which are you know free clinics, and you know they count them as as full time participants. So there's a bit of a grey area there whether well, you, you classify know, a player who's registered or just someone who who's kicking a ball about the park. Are they a, a full? Yeah, I mean, I think two million. The two million has one point nine six was the million was the last official kind of figure I saw. That is already a very tenuous figure. It's rounded uh, up slightly, that, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that's that's literally anybody who's ever looked at a fo- football was included in that two million. To then increase that to seven and a half million and then on to fifteen million is a phenomenal kind of leap of faith. Uh, and the and million, that, the million members as well. Yeah. Which I was trying to work out what they mean by that. Does that mean, oh, say we're up to twelve clubs, say we're up to sixteen clubs? Uh, that would still be about sixty thousand members per club, yeah. even in a sixteen-team league. Reading through further, uh, that is, they seem to have a, a phrase: brackets ticketed and non-ticketed. So if you've ever bought a season ticket or been to a football match, you're effectively counted as one of those million, even if you're not current. You're, tic- that, you're just a non-ticketed member. And is there going to be a brainwashing program where every AFL and NRL fan is transferred over to a football fan? Is that well, included I mean, as well? Like, yeah. Cause to get to those figures, they're going to have to, <laughs> quite it's gonna, simply. It's going to be like Clockwork Orange, where they sit you down in front of a screen right. and it's flash up like... Um, <laughs> Mozart, just keep on playing Mozart over Mozart and Mozart and, and like really sort of offensive um, uh, rugby league imagery. Yeah. So you can't do anymore. Isn't that the footy show? <laughs> <laughs> Again, pretty John? sure that is a footy show. I said they should be flashing out Ruben Zadkovich highlights. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a terrible thing to wish on anybody, to be honest. It would also be the world's shortest videotape. 
he always cops it every week, doesn't he, Ruben? Somebody has podcast. to. Yeah. yeah I think it's only reasonable that it's him, good. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> he can take it. He's, we, a big, he's a big boy. Last, the, all right, the last pod, we should all come in with Ruben Zadkovich and um, Baldy Wigs. <coughs> Some of us already there, mate. <laughs> John, yeah. has, has, has this hit your? Has this hit, hit the shores yet? Have you had a chance to um, have a flick through? I suppose it is first thing I'm in the morning. A, I was just actually quickly digesting um, the, the story on the Four Four Two website. Um, haven't had the twenty minutes to download the uh, document, but this is probably more just from the journo's point of view. Um, seems a bit weird that they're announcing this right in the middle of the finals. I mean, um, wouldn't this be a perfect thing, say after the grand final, when there's no you know football news to, to sort of you know, capture a few headlines. It just seems a, a strange time to announce it. So, that, yeah, that's just as a side. And I guess the, the key takeaway, um, no promotion relegation for the next 20 years. Mm. So there'll be a lot of people unhappy about that. Yeah, I, I still... I, I Actually, it's one of the things I definitely do agree with. I, I think it's going to be a struggle to make the game financially viable. To support promotion relegation in that time frame, but I still I don't think we should that should then be ruled out forever. But after twenty years, if everything else goes to plan, promotion and relegation would then become a priority. Uh, in fact, twenty first year I could see promotion and relegation coming in if they can pull off the rest of it. Um, yeah, well, they, they need an NPL obviously that below it that that was you know fully national as opposed to, to state based as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you're right, Kevin. There's no way it would work in the current form and the way the, the money that's in the game is not enough to sustain that, definitely, at this point in time. I think the other interesting thing I saw today, just from the, the edited highlights again was their promotion that every single league club should have a women's team, mm-hmm. which is great, yeah. but there was no mention of a, a youth league team. Uh, they, they did. Um, they said all, um, all A-league teams will have an academy, um, but not. Uh, I don't think they said youth. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. They weren't uh, explicit with actually having a youth league team. Yeah, I think there needs to be a youth league team, and there needs to be that progression beyond mm. an academy as well. I mean, I would personally love to see the A league clubs being having an elite level team at every age group all the way through yeah. uh, and it should be a pathway that you know you, you go through Lily Pilly with the ambition of getting into Sydney FC's uh, mm. you know under 13 side I'm surprised there's no um, uh, bullet point here that says uh, every every Australian child must play street football um, all iPads and iPhones will be taken away yep. if you don't play street football for half an hour. No Xboxes or PS4s. I'm surprised that wasn't. I, in there. To be fair to them as well, they are addressing the issue of facilities uh, because I agree with you. I mean, it is one of my biggest bugbears that spontaneous games of football seem to be completely off limits in Australia. You can't just go out in the street. You can't just play. You can't throw down the whole jumpers for mm. uh, goalposts anywhere mm. and just play for the love of it uh, but they you know they, they make the point that facilities are really tight and they did a survey five years ago 562 facilities they asked about 162 of them had no training or playing facilities for football uh, of oh, park, yeah. council parklands just walk around Sydney and there's it's the same thing I've seen for years a cricket pitch in the middle of a yep. um, 
uh, football uh, rugby league goalposts. Yeah. It's everywhere. Um, and that's it, now going to be one of their high priorities to try and address that. But to do that uh, is going to involve, it would look like, the breakup of the... Uh, the state federations, because they want to to talk with one voice at councils nationwide. Mm. Uh, so that they have there are three different routes that they want to go forward. They're going to get, set up a working party to have a look at. Uh, one of them is to maintain the the federation setup that they've got currently, uh, but the uh, the PDF and timeshares sales style makes it plain that this is really a huge waste of money, there's so much duplication, uh, so many people pulling in different ways. There's another model which is uh, sort of um, having states uh, still have federations but they're more sort of advisory and then there's a one unified model where basically everybody, everything is controlled by the FFA and it makes it quite clear that that's their favourite status without necessarily spelling out why it's better other than the fact that the FFA will control everything. Yeah. Uh, and they, I think you know they are going to have to make changes. There is a lot of wastage uh, and the various layers of administration are driving up the cost of subscription fees. As they make the point, very often there's at least there, there can be up to five different associations, federations, top tiers that are involved uh, and each taking a chunk out of your subscription fee just to pay administration costs without ever putting anything back into the game. Um, so yeah, th- there are re- good reasons to uh, to address that but for that to be approved because the nine federations are all part of the, the, uh, the FFA you're effectively going to have to get persuade turkeys to vote for Christmas. <laughs> Uh, because they're going to have to put themselves out of business. And there's a big, a long history of the federations cooperating with the FFA, isn't there? No, there is no, there is no history at all. No, none. Uh, well, what about stadiums? They didn't talk about stadiums. No, they did actually. They, they? they talked about stadiums as well. And again, the, the timing of it, as you were saying, Adam, is quite ironic because they say that they uh, they want intimate stadiums uh, and the best possible stadiums that will create the best atmosphere, uh, best sized. Clearly in controversial contravention of the Adelaide Oval situation from mm. just last weekend. Mm. Uh, so, you know, they've launched the report today uh hopefully they'll listen to that tomorrow it's, it's also been yesterday. announced that um they're going to expand wonderland as well so that's going to get a 400 million regeneration on top of the one that they were already doing uh yeah yeah so there's like a 1.1.4 billion dollar project of putting a new stadium 60 odd thousand seat stadium in moore park and which which i've not looked into further i just read um 60,000 at Moor Park. Yeah, so I'm not sure if that's going to replace the SFS or if there's going to be a new stadium. I can't imagine where they're going to put it. If I think it's a rebuild of the whole whole sort of complex there. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. So mm. that's um, not exactly an intimate stadium for Sydney. And to be honest, 30,000, 35,000 at Wonderland? Yeah. They'll fill 20, 25 of that that's in good still- years? You're going to have 10,000 empty seats. You're going to lose that that powder keg atmosphere, mm. I think. I th- it, it depends how they do it. If it if they keep it in the traditional sort of football stand style and just build up, well, or if, sort of build build up the, the two corners so it becomes a, 
uh, a four four stand stadium, um, but rather than you know, it's not just a hill on either side. Then, if they're gonna, I don't think those stadiums are big enough. If they're going to have 15 million strong football community (laughs) and a million club members, like you're saying, we need 120,000 seater stadiums for every club. It's true. It's true. And fan sites outside. It's just not going to... How are we going to fit all these people in? Yeah, we're going to need more hotels, actually, as well, aren't we? Because all these fans are going to be coming in and needing somewhere to stay. Mm. Car hire front. Gosh, it's going to be... It's going to be fighting in the streets. (laughs) Um... Right, well, let's move on from that. And, that, and to say we've, we're, we're 18 minutes in and we've still not actually spoke about football. Talk about football plans, um, but let's talk about... Let's talk about football, baby. Um, uh, oh <laughs> please don't ever do that again. You think you're in the shower, don't you? Is that what's going it's because I'm stood up. <laughs> please sit down. <laughs> um, I, I've got some good feedback about some of my songs on this, on oh, this pod. Been? Well done. I'm sure it's not your family at all. Mm. No. Yeah, <laughs> all right then. Friday night. It's Friday night. Stop. <laughs> right. Adelaide, Brisbane. There was a game, and it was a cracker. I, this this game was everything that a knockout game shouldn't be. It was open. It was end to end. There could have been, you know, twenty goals in this game. Um, but uh, it was it was exciting. I loved it. John, what's going on? Did you just yeah, explode no. there? <laughs> it was a perfect game, perfect way to start the finals. I mean, um, I, th- I think Adelaide were deserved winners. Um, Jamie Young sort of kept them in the game for for quite a lot with some fantastic saves, and uh, Craig Goodwin's goal was. Was a stunner, um, so it was a great way to start the finals, and uh, we roll on to, to week two. It was a, a better matchup actually than I was anticipating. To be honest, I thought uh, Brisbane Roar have just come on so much in the last six weeks, probably uh, that uh, you know I don't think Roar a couple of months ago would have put up anything like that kind of level of competition, uh, and it would have been a, a walkover for the Reds. Uh, but they really earned their spot in the final uh, with that game. Uh, have they burnt themselves out there for this weekend? That's a good point. Because mm-hmm. it was very end to end. That could have been their grand final. Could Adelaide, have been. Adelaide was. Uh, I, I thought they um, weren't going to score in the second half. The way that Jamie Young was saving everything, and I think it was kind of ironic. The weakest shot that was aimed at him went in. Mm. I think Mabil didn't really cl- hit that very as cleanly as he wanted to and that I think put you in that no man's position of should I dive or should mm. I just stay and Yeah, I think you're right. In, in went the ball. He did, um, um, he did well actually Mabil too because he had to run back onto it to, and then turn to generate the power back towards goal. So he actually did well to to get enough on it to, to even trouble Young. But Young had a brilliant, brilliant game. He was uh, brilliant. He's been in great form. I mean, considering at the start he was, you know, probably a bit shaky coming into a new team, and yeah. everyone was bagging him and saying Theo, Theo, Theo. He's been outstanding the last couple of weeks, and I think he captained the rule uh, for the Jets game. So he's he's really, you know, stood up and demonstrated his his ability. Yeah, I mean, I really have been pleasantly surprised by him for the last few weeks. He's he was a liability for most most of the season up to Christmas and beyond. I thought. 
uh, but he's turned it around tremendously. I mean, I guess it's just a confidence thing. You know, he had a f- couple of good games under his belt and felt a bit better for it and uh, managed to pull off saves that he wasn't getting early in the season. Mm. Yeah, I remember the, um, the run-in with Stefanudo on the field. I mean, I think that sort of shows, yeah, he's gone back and worked hard and, um, you know, gone, gone to a, a, another level, so yeah, good on him. It was. He did one of those interviews after the game where um, he should be he should be gutted that his team has been knocked out, but he's just had one of the one of the games of his life, and he's he's almost got a half smile when he's doing the yeah. doing the interview, um, <laughs> which is crying. yeah, which was you, you know you you can't begrudge begrudge the guy for that for for is some of his um, some of the stick he's got this season um, that. Yeah. Deservedly so at the beginning, without a doubt. Yeah. He was he was a shocking keeper at the start of the season, to be frank. Mm. Oh, uh, I think shocking's probably a bit. Oh no, I thought oh, he was, he was uh, shaky. Shaky, uh, uh, yeah. I at think least he played a large, large part in Mulvey losing his job. If you gave him a glass of milk, it would turn into a milkshake. That's how shaky you would have cheese, cheese <laughs> by the end of it. Oh god! Um, but no, I. <laughs> Uh, if Theo had been in goals for those that first half of the season, mm-hmm. be a whole different story for Roe this this year, I think, to be honest. But you know, he has turned it around. He is now approaching as good as Theo was. Mm. What's going to happen with Theo though? Are we ever going to see him play again? So, well, I, I thought we would see him back this season. He was supposed to be back after Christmas. Yeah. He's back, yeah, he's injured, he's injured again. Man. Actually, the interesting thing um, with Jamie Young, I'm, I'm fairly sure, not 100% sure, that he's off contract too at the end of this season. So it um, could really depend on, on the new coach, uh, well, Raymond, as it's, I can't pronounce his surname because I'm not Spanish, um, to, to, to come in from Auckland City. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do there because Theo's a bit of a club legend, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I th- he was—he's the most successful goalkeeper in a league history. Yeah, five I think. titles, I think. Yeah, uh, but given his record this mar- this year with uh, injuries, you would wonder who's going to be in a rush to to sign him up. To be honest, uh, until he can prove his fitness again, and then he's he's got a long way to go to get match sharp and prove he's not lost anything. Yeah, tough time for him. Well, tough time. Apart from the, the Champions League, you're going to have a long, long, long off-season, so we'll have to see, I guess. True. All right. We've, uh, we've skirted over the, the goal of the game. Oh, yes. Arguably the goal of the, goal of the round. Well, actually, no, probably, probably the goal of the round. There wasn't any. Yeah, definitely. Good win. Uh, take a bow, son. That was brilliant. That's what dreams are made of. Mm. As a footballer, you go to sleep as a kid, dreaming of that stuff. You play FIFA, trying to do that's pretty hard to score free kicks in FIFA too, by the way. Yes, but um, yeah, that was that was a quality goal. I'm when I actually we're going to hear Goodwin talking about it, but I liked uh, what he was saying. How he just concentrated on um, doing the same routine that he always does, mm. and it's uh, similar to rugby league players. I don't include include rugby league players but they have a similar thing where they when they take goals when they kick goals they have a routine and they just yep. stick to it and I think uh, yeah well done to him and mm. what a time to do it in, uh, in a semi-final in front of your home fans and uh, yeah well done I yeah, love, it, it I, came, love I love free kicks he came out after the game and said it was um, it was a game against victory earlier in the season where he had three three free, free kicks on the edge of the edge of the area and missed them all you know quite quite bad 
and and he said after that every every training session he'll do at least you know at, at least a handful of free kicks and he's just been working on it and working on it and there's a few other lads that that will do him from either from either side and yeah. uh, and help help him work through them so um so every credit every credit to him and uh, is it um from what from what the aftermatch press conf- um the talk was did they not let him take free kicks after that Melbourne victory game and this was a game that they let him take one is that what was no, I missed that. What but the story was? No, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because, um, yeah, I thought... Sure, uh, he, he, no, he must have I'm taken sure free kicks been, in the meantime. Because that's what I thought the story was, and I let him take... Yeah, but good on him for keep on practising. Mm. And I think it's harsh. With free kicks, you, you most of the time, they don't go in. So yeah. you don't expect... And I think the league has been poor in terms of free kicks this season as well. We haven't seen many... Many go in. Yeah, when, since Marinkovic stopped playing as, as often. Yeah, um... He banged a few in at the early, early of the season. Yeah, it was pretty good. Start off with mm. better than better than Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Did you see his stats came out recently? With his free kicks, free kicks a season. He's taken over a hundred free kicks and scored one. Wow, he should the best best player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, Barinkovic has got more than him. Yeah, he has. Better, better return rate. Um, cool. Well, let's listen to uh, Con have a quick chat with um, with Mr. Goodwin. Here we go. Hi, Craig. Uh, thanks for joining us today on the 442 FM podcast. We really appreciate you giving us your time. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Um, all right. So first question, uh, congratulations on the win and uh, that goal on the weekend. Uh, any idea when the movie Bend It Like Goodwin is coming out? Obviously, uh, very, uh, very pleased to, to have scored um, uh, a goal like I did in, in such a big game. Um, I'm not too sure if there's going to be a movie about it, though. Well, you need to score a few more, or what do you think? I think perhaps. Um, I think uh, it's always something that I practice, and, and obviously having uh, being able to, to get one in such a big game, obviously would like to score a few more. And just regarding uh, that goal, just uh, what was the process before you hit it? Uh, did you visualise the ball going in, or do you, did you hit the ball with a clear mind? Just uh, talk us through that. Um, well, in training, really, uh, I practice quite a lot, and I try to do the, the same thing each time. So I try, I try to do the same amount of steps, and and um, obviously practicing so much, you, you find out what kind of works and what kind of doesn't, and um, really just. Just before before I took it, um, I tried to do my usual um, my usual uh, walk, like run up, my usual style, and, and yeah. just look where where the keeper is, um, where the wall is, how far it is out, and and then obviously just try to to, to hit it in a way that that you think will will put it in the back of the net. And luckily enough for myself, um, he was able to find the top corner. Uh, what is it with uh, Adelaide United and world-class goals at the moment? Um, one week it's Tarek Elrich scoring a Maradona goal. Um, you hit a David Beckham-type goal. Uh, who's next? Um, I'm not so sure. Um, <laughs> but I think the good thing is is uh, we know we have we have a lot of quality in our side. Obviously, Tarek's goal was unbelievable. Um, and we know that we know that uh, we are, we have players that, that are capable of of doing things to to, to win games um, that that you could say um, that not many other players players could do. We have we have players that can pull things out of a hat, such as Karuska and, and Theria as well. 
um, which is, which is a nice thing to have in a side. Uh, also, speaking about uh, Karuska, must be a big boost to having back in the side. How important is he to the team's chances of winning? Yeah, it's a massive boost. Um, in, in terms of attacking play, Karuska is uh, so creative. And uh, when he's on the field, um, we create a lot more chances, um, which is uh, something something that is, is easy for anyone to see. Um, but it's not just his work uh, on the ball, it's off the ball as well. A lot of our game is is uh, action-reaction, and, and when we lose the ball, trying to press and, and win it back at, up in the opponent's half. And, and you can see when he's on the field, he's the one instigating that as well. He's leading, leading the team um, in that way as well. And just going back to the game against Brisbane Raw, um, when the game was uh, in the second half and it was tied up, and their goalkeeper was uh, saving everything that was in front of him. Did you think uh, the ball was ever going to go in? Yeah, it did get a bit like that. Um, he was having uh, an unbelievable game, uh, Young. And uh, obviously, uh, like, huge credit credit to Brisbane. They made it very hard for us um, and perhaps could have taken something out of the game at times if they had a lot of chances as well. Um, but, yeah, it did, it did get a bit like that. Um, with him making so many unbelievable saves, uh, it got to the point where you think, "Are we going to score, or is this guy <laughs> just going to keep saving, uh, saving it?" Um, but luckily enough, we were able to snatch one towards the end. Uh, in the last game that you played, Sydney FC, uh, Graham Arnold um, was saying things like uh, that Adelaide's a long ball team, and um, he was kind of playing some mind games. Do the players pay attention to that? Um, does it affect the team at all when you, when you hear things like that? Um, obviously, uh, you hear about it. Um, but as professionals, we we try not to, to let that affect uh, the way that we play. Um, we know our style and, and everyone at the club is, is behind it. And, and in, in each moment of the match, we know uh, the role that, that a specific player has to do. So for, for me... Whether I'm playing left wing, I know what I have to do in a certain moment, or whether it be um, the striker or, or the defenders. Um, we all know what we have to do. Yeah. Um, uh, I, in terms of like, in terms of like the, the psychological part of it, um, a lot of a lot of coaches like like to play uh, mind games, um, and that's just part and parcel of football. And and then from from there, it's just about us players, um, just being able to do the business when we get out on the park and not let those outside uh, factors uh, interfere. And also speaking about the last time you played Sydney IFC, uh, um, Adelaide were under a lot of pressure during that game and Eugene Galekovic made some outstanding saves. What's the approach going into this game? Will it be a, another kind of smash and grab or um, how, are you, how, how do you view the game being played this time round? Um, I think being a finals game, I, I, I could see it being quite different um, to that. Um, obviously, last time, um, we didn't have our best performance, um, but we're still able to, to get a result. We didn't create much in, in the attacking third, uh, and Sydney did have the better of the game. Um, but I think, personally, um, I think this time we'll be different around. Obviously, we'll look to... to We'll look to create chances through through our usual game, our passing and movement, and and uh, looking to looking to isolate the wingers one v one and create yeah. things from there. But 
um, in terms of in terms of whether it'll be a, a snatch and grab. Um, I don't think so, but if it pans out that way, uh, obviously being a final finals game um, and, and being the semi final, um, I don't. I, I dare say that any 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 club um, that takes a snatch and grab would would uh, be unhappy with it. You know, yeah. Um, it's all about obviously. It's all about getting the results. You want to play nice football, but yeah. At the end of the day, if you, you can snatch uh, snatch a win, then that puts you in the grand final. And so you're one win away from the grand final. Tell us about the impact uh, Joseph Gombal's had on the team being in that position. Um, yeah, obviously he's, he likes to keep us uh, calm-headed and uh, and not too much uh, uh, not too much hype about it. Obviously, we all know what what such a big game it is, um, and we know that. Um, that the club hasn't been in, in this position for quite a while. So, um, obviously, for the players, um, we know what we have to do. Um, and, and in terms of Gombau, his impact is obviously keeping us level-headed and, and organising the tactics and, and the squad and, and just getting us ready for the game. And what's the team's mind frame um, going into this game? A lot of people are saying uh, you're underdogs. Even Tarek Yorich was saying that. Um, Sydney FC are the favourites. What, uh, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, whether um, everyone's going to have their own opinions. Um, yeah. We may we may be seen as the underdogs coming into this game, but um, we know as as a club that if we're on our we're on our best performance, if we're on um, we're on our game, then we can beat any team in the league. Um, and obviously. Um, Obviously, this this year we have we have quite a quite a good record against Sydney. Um, um, but yeah, going into the game, seen seen as underdogs is, is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and you must have extra motivation for you personally. Uh, you missed out on playing in the FFA Cup final because you were cup tied. How important is it to to make the grand final? Yeah, obviously uh, for myself. Um, to, to make the grand final would, would be something very special. Um, to see the boys make the FFA Cup uh, and win it um, was amazing for the club. Um, but like you said, I I was a part of it because I was here, but I never really I didn't get to play in any games. And, yeah. And at the end of the day, I didn't I didn't get a medal. So for me, um, there's a, a great desire to, to reach the grand final um, to be able to. To uh, have a chance of lifting uh, silverware. All right. Well, good luck with the game on the weekend. Uh, I hope you uh, can emulate another free kick for all us fans. Um, and uh, good luck with it all. Thanks very much. I love that at the end of that con where you said, uh, "I hope you can uh, emulate another one of those free kicks for us fans." Oh. You don't mean that at oh, all. Of course not. <laughs> no, I'd like to continue the relationship with Adelaide United yeah. and inside I'm saying you better not score another goal break a leg break a leg, break a leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so that was a, that was a monster uh, interview with um, well there's a lot to talk about mm. um, his goal uh, there's a you know, grand final looming uh, his goal yeah and uh, did yeah. he score he scored. He scored. Right. But, uh, Did you talk to him? Yeah, I asked him, uh, are you, are you going to be called Bendit like uh, Goodwin from now on? <laughs> so I think he needs to score about 30 free kicks and um, yeah, get England to, score to qualify a few to a World Cup and marry Posh, I think, to be in that. Uh, yeah. Thing. But why not, you know? Mm. 
Was there another game? Why not? Uh, was there another game? I'm sure there must have been. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> was, um, was there a shock involved? I'm not sure if Phoenix realised there was a game. <laughs> Manchester City <laughs> didn't uh, win the league. I mean, sorry. Who? Not, not <laughs> no, that's the other one. Sorry. It's very confusing. It's um, beard. It's distracting you. All right, but the, 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 the major talking point out of this is... Melbourne Derby semi-final. Yes. Uh, that, I, I think everyone's got to be a little bit excited about that. What's bigger though, uh, Wellington Phoenix choking or Melbourne City getting through and making them playing them in a Melbourne Derby and saving the FFA's blushes of Wellington Phoenix being in the grand final? Yeah, that was. Because uh, you th- don't really want to see that, do you? No. No, no disrespect. <laughs> The FFA must just be... Oh, there was a great... Somebody posted almost immediately at full time the picture from The Simpsons of uh, everybody rolling around in money. Mr Burns rolling around in money. <laughs> seen from the FFA office right now. And it's just so spot on. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Yes, money. Yes. Lots and lots and lots of money. <laughs> it's just dream ticket for them. A derby and then possibly either... Well, definitely... Uh, either Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, or Melbourne Sydney final. Mm-hmm. You cannot lose. Yeah. There's just. I think. I think the worst, probably, in fairness, to those two clubs would be Adelaide City. I mean, if it was Adelaide yes. victory. Everyone can remember the demolition under Cosy um, Grand Final for years, 2008. I think it was. So yeah. Even that'd be pretty big. Yeah. Oh, Adelaide victory would be huge. Yeah, I think, to be, be honest. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, victory Sydney would be huge. Uh, yeah. Nobody cares about City, but you know they've, they've got to make up the numbers. <laughs> what an upset! What an upset! I think I think as I, as I mentioned before, podcast last week's podcast, I said had no chance. So it shows how much I Well, to be fair, I, I think we all said the same. None of us backed City at all. We all backed Phoenix, Phoenix, and we weren't even backing City. We were just not backing Aaron Moy to be able to pull it off by himself. Mm. Uh, but you got a helping hand from Kisnarbo and between the two of them they managed to pull it off uh, I'm not sure was there anybody else playing for City? <laughs> oh, Navilio had a big Navilio had a okay. big influence oh that's right yeah he was on the bench Play, for me, so. last help <laughs> nine points on my fancy football bench I was happy about that <laughs> what did you did you have all the rest of your team playing and you yes. benched him or yes alright oh, yeah I went with Galekovic as captain, which was a great move. Not, not. <laughs> I think the story of this um, game is that Wellington, since the Christmas break, have what well, they changed the winning formula. Burns was playing up front. He was just waiting for chances to come to him. He wasn't coming in and receiving the ball. He wasn't playing out wide. He was just playing up front. He had Krishna out mm-hmm. wide, uh, and then all of a sudden you have the Asian Cup. Burns is playing out wide. Krishna's um, on the bench in some games, and they've lost their most powerful wep- um, scoring weapons. Uh, they are unable to score from a corner. They were leaking goals at corners, and they they stuffed it, I think. And Melbourne City, all of a sudden, um, they're in the semi-final. Uh, Harry Nivillio's come come through and uh, is now an attacking weapon for them. Jesus finally delivered, finally hey, scored a goal, and. Yeah, so I th- at least there's an intriguing matchup now in the semi-final. I mean, this is where Melbourne City 
Uh, that's this is why they're in the league for the Melbourne Derby. This is this is why they're here, my, just to turn up and play victory. To, yeah, there's three no times other reason season. for them to be here. I mean, <laughs> it's true. It is true. They're going to wear it's the best, the best outfit. It's the biggest party. <laughs> you know, um, they've gate crashed the um, the top four. The semi-finals is. Um, mm. I saw a, a story on the website, and yeah. So I hope John Van Chib. Van Skip has uh, sent Jason Brewer a case of VB. <laughs> I mean, they're only there because of him. Yeah, uh, that's right. And effectively, he saved his job for him. Uh, if they hadn't made the finals, I would have thought. I think I think Tony Sage as well, not just Brewer. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, between the two of them, they've uh, they've really done Van Skip uh, a huge favour. He did. He'd still go for me. Yeah. At the end of the season. So I would yeah. have. Someone else, definitely. Uh, I'm sure there is but better, if he wins, better out there. If he wins the uh, championship, it's a very hard call to make. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm. Oh, that'd be that'd be amazing if they they pulled off a, a grand final win from from, from where they've come. I mean, from that's possible, but yeah, seventh Jeez. place. Yeah, no. I, I, I was watching that game thinking it's a shame we didn't see Navilo play all season yeah. and, and Kennedy to a certain extent. Um, uh, you know, if, if if we would have had, oh, uh, we only had David Veer in there instead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I forgot about that. That was so long ago. Those those three games are, are not that etched into my. Uh, although, uh, saying that, I did a my one bit of research for this week's pod was to listen to our first podcast from the start of the season, and uh, and we were very gushing about uh, David Veer's opening uh, opening game. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I had remembered uh, that he was here, but but you know, it was it, it was it was great to have him here for that short amount of time. But I, I would rather him not not have been here and and had Kennedy and Navilo and Duff and uh, and Moy play a whole season together. Well, I heard it could have been a different different end. I heard stories that um, when while he was in the USA, he was streaming this game while he was playing for Manchester City in New York. And you, you're rubbishing your city. You're getting them all really confused. It's, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. Come on, give me some. It's on purpose. That's the joke. It's on purpose. Yeah. So that's how much of an effect his time here in Melbourne had on him. That he was streaming the game. I'm joking. I'm just making this up, by the way. Too. Two lies in a row. He wasn't streaming the game. He wasn't. He doesn't care. But <laughs> we do. <laughs> it would be nice to think it would be. It had such an effect on him. Uh, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just assume that he did then. But I also got to say, what about the second goal for Melbourne's uh, Melbourne City? That was like a trick pull shot. Yeah. Uh, he gets a, it's, it's a deflect, the ball deflects off the defender, hits the post, then comes back off, was it the head yeah, of Glenn Moss? Head. And it's the, one of the greatest flukes of all time. The reverse Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count, did that count as an on goal? Yeah, yeah, I think it's an own goal. Yeah. And it should be like fluke, asterisks or something. Goals like that. Just very superb. Superb. It was an own goal. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um Disappointing crowd for me. Yeah, that's another factor too. Uh, you'd expect a game like that a packed uh, in, in previous years. Wellington's uh, Wellington has had mm. good support in finals games. So I remember one of the the, the furthest they went, they, they had t- I think twenty thousand people 
from memory. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Was that the World Cup year when they went, made the World Cup as well? I think possibly. Was that when they played in Christchurch? Or? Um, I can't remember. Was it the Was it the rugby league game Sunday? Maybe I think that yeah, was, it was that's wasn't all their chances of big crowds. But even still, but no. that was in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah did, did, did they did, stay home and watch? Would they have watched it on TV or? instead of going to this game? Yeah. But uh, Kiwis, that was meant to Kiwis be. are still more of a rugby union yeah. country, are they not? I don't, yeah. Do you know what? I, I don't know. Well, John, yeah, don't John know. might be able to tell uh, shed a bit more light on yeah, this. Yeah, I, I think I think Kev's right. They are. I think rugby league's definitely grown there. But yeah, I, I wouldn't think that would have a, a huge impact. Um, but interestingly, announced I think yesterday or today, um, Kenny Cunningham leaving. Yeah. yeah. So, didn't get to play that much, and I always rated him. When, you know, particularly last season, he scored a stack of goals. So there's plenty of clubs you'd think you'd be keen to sign him. Yeah, I mean, he always seems to make a, a huge impact whenever he, he played for Phoenix. You could see the difference whenever he was on the field. Uh, yeah, he was like a little um, younger, quicker, less batter, not as skillful Carlos Hernandez. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> There's quite a lot of insults in there, I think, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not bagging Carlos. Like, uh, no, no, you were bagging oh, everybody. Yeah. Cunningham, Carlos. I think even no, I no, took no, an no, insult no. out of that. Actually. <laughs> Fat people. You want, to see, you want to see the less, less Cristiano Ronaldo athletes and more, you know, stocky. Uh, you know, smokers who don't train and just turn up and are brilliantly skillful. And what about beads? Are you going to have a goal pit with beads as well while you're there? Or? Uh, no, Josh Berlante, I won't say a word. Oh. <laughs> um, got a bit tasty at the end. There was a, there was a bit of argy-bargy. Yeah. Passionate. Passionate. Burns. You couldn't really put your money on Burns against Kisnorbo. No. <laughs> But he, he, he took. Did he take a, a shove? And he, um, he walked away. And he started walking away. And he he, t- he took offence to something he said. And then he start. He kind of w- went to walk towards him, and then realised he's bigger than me. Yeah, he's much bigger than much, me. Much, much. Yeah, bigger. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm probably not going to touch him. I might just walk towards him a little bit, and then you know, like hold me back, hold me back. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that before. We do the shove. Yeah. And then you realise, oh shit, I'm going to get smashed here. <laughs> and then I've done, but what I've done is I've walked away and gone, come on, let's go outside, and just ran away. <laughs> so, I've, I've run, I've won my last fight by 100 metres. <laughs> it always amazes me when you see like a, a pub fight and you've got these massive guy who's probably about 20 stone big muscles on him shaved head um, and he's it, it, starting a fight with someone and his, his girlfriend who's about five foot oh, four yes, a... and, she, and, she's, and she's holding him back and managing to hold him back <laughs> and then he's going to walk over and uh, and try and, and wrestle with another meathead um, so uh, yeah I like the, um, the the short little drunk girlfriend too that wants to fight come on come on <laughs> It's always, uh, always good for a laugh. Um, we digress. Yes. Oh, we uh, but Patrick Casnorbo, he has been amazing for Melbourne City. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, Andy Harper said one of the funniest things. If I could just go to my papers, um, Patrick Casnorbo is at his happiest when he's horizontal. <laughs> So, so uh, there's a lot of it, things to think about. Is, is he talking about such, football? Such or? a mental image. That <laughs> just think of. I'm just, now going to have to take a brutal pad to the brain to try and remove. Because he loves his double meanings, Andy Harper. He loves, you know, yeah. the, the English language. He likes, he likes to um, sleep I'm with it. Butchering English language. <laughs> uh, 
but um, nipping yeah. like a spawning salmon. Yeah, I think it's not as good as a spawning salmon, but you know, still. So what? What did he actually mean by that? I think because when he's diving and stopping, um, you know, like getting in front of shots, blocking shots, and I think that's what he was referring to. But um, it can be taken as something else, mm. um, and that's why it's very funny. That's why it's the Harperism, <laughs> isn't it? There's, there's something in there about clean sheets as well. <laughs> um, but no, Kislavo, he's had such an injury-plagued career, uh, and I think he would have been a much, much bigger player for the Socceroos, and you know, I think he'd probably still be in the EPL if he hadn't had so many injuries mm. over the years. Uh, it's good to see him get a run of... Uh, games under his belt yeah. and we finally get to see what he's, he's capable of yeah. I think if he stays around for another year and can stay injury free and the age doesn't catch up with him too much we could yet see the best of him ever in his career next season yeah. but yeah, yeah he's, 2010 World Cup he did his Achilles before the World Cup and he was all set to be in the Socceroos so he's right. done well to sort of come back that would have been gutting I imagine oh god mm. yeah yeah so many stories like that and players that get struck down just before the World Cup like Tony Vidmar as well with his heart complaint mm. yeah uh, and others Vukovic getting a suspension just before the Olympics and yeah there's probably a feature in that actually mm. yeah very good I'll do it well uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay so that, that that concludes the the match reviews and we look forward to uh, to the games Friday night speak to uh, to Ryan Grant um, we, we we did speak to or Con did speak to Ryan Grant, to um, and, and he's going to talk about the uh, the upcoming game. Ah. Uh, we'll, we'll do some score predictions, and, and then we'll listen to Ryan, and then I might disappear. Yeah. Uh, so um, Friday night, Melbourne Derby. You see, this is this is going to be one that's going to be I think could be hard to hard to call because I, I'm, I'm fairly sure victory victory have got this in the bag, but. Whether it's whether they're just going to turn up and absolutely roll City, or if it's going to be much tighter, or if City are going to give them a give and them a game, just the whole Derby thing, Derby and Abs- semi final, yeah. makes it completely unpredictable. I and reckon. you also get to say this is where this is a game where the form book gets thrown out the window, yeah, repeatedly for a whole week, nonstop, <laughs> the same phrase, just <laughs> over and over again. But I don't believe. The form book gets thrown out the window because Melbourne Victory are going to smash Melbourne City. They have too many weapons. Maybe it'll be for the first 20 minutes. It'll be rough and tumble and that kind of thing. But I just don't see Melbourne City doing anything. I mean, I'd like to think it'll be a close game and there may be an upset. I'd love to see Melbourne City go, mm-hmm. go through the grand final. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Predictions based on 90 minutes or final result? Well, well, Con did a, 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 a final result prediction last time, so uh, I'm, I'm willing to give bonus points if you uh, if you predict that it'll go to extra time and uh, ninety minutes two two. Oh, three two in extra time to victory. Oh, uh, I Con victory three nil. Three nil. You're very confident with your yeah. uh, with your prediction there, John. Yeah, I think I think victory two one. I think as as mentioned, they've got too many weapons. But um, yeah, they do a bit of pressure on them. Obviously, you know, winning the the regular season, 
Premier's played whatever, blah blah blah. Um, they've they've <laughs> missed out in the last two grand finals, um, one game before, so there'll be a little bit of pressure on them, I'd say. And mm. Melbourne City, no one's giving them a chance. Um, I'm giving them a little bit of a chance because I learned my lesson from last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think it's going to be close up until very late on. I think it might be. I think it'll be nil nil one one. Um, up until maybe like the last 10 minutes um, but then victory will just find that sort of extra gear late on and it'll finish 3-1 so um, Kev Sydney Saturday night Sydney and Adelaide I think is also too hard to go Sydney terrible record at home Adelaide inconsistent at best Um, it's I honestly don't know how it's going to finish to be honest I'll go for I honestly don't know. I just I can't go. We might have to come back to Kevin. Ash. Yeah, I think we will. Well, when I was speaking to Ryan Grant, I was telling him um, the Sydney FC's away form is so good. Perhaps they should play in away jerseys. Yeah, and he said that when we play away, we play in our home jerseys anyway. So stuff <laughs> <my>, totally <laughs> my joke. Like it just shut it down. Like. Sh- Completely shut it down. So, well, well, one minute. Are you taking Ryan Grant's word about shirts? Well, that, that's, 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 that's <laughs> he's not got a great listen, experience. Listen, listen, listen out for the interview, listeners, because I do ask him about that, and he was really honest and uh, forthright in his response. So, good on him. Um, but he actually, he told me he, cat? he's played. Cat? Yeah, I forgot to ask him about the cat actually. Oh, but he actually has played every single game since the uh, Jersey incident. So. Uh, well, maybe, maybe perhaps if you're in and out of the team, just forget your jersey. Yeah. And your coach will tell you off and then start you in every game. At least it was a not. Sydney jersey. Yeah. You know, it would have been worse if he'd taken off his t- track, so Adelaide ju- ju- <laughs> jumper underneath. Um, come, yeah, come on, you. Yeah, Sorry, I was yapping away. 2-0 uh, to Sydney. I, I think it's going to be a beautiful day, um, free from all the rain, and it's a good crowd and... Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready now. Yanko's back. 3 all. Oh, he's oh. extra time again. And penalties. What? And Sydney will go through in penalties. Oh, oh I'd, I'd love to see that. Are you going? Yeah, I'm in the cove. And Sydney gonna... are going to be crocked are you by going? the end of it. I put in for tickets for it, and I've never heard back. Hmm. Strangely enough. <laughs> so, I intend to, but probably not. I'll be there as well. Johnny, are you going? Uh, yeah, no, I won't be fine. You'll miss this one. On okay. BT, uh, BT Sports. You, you, um, you'll come back over for the final, though, surely? Uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we'll send the 442 <laughs> private jet over for you. So, what is it, is it being shown? Or it's called the Newcastle Jet. <laughs> is it being shown at BT Sports over there? Zadka, the pilot. Overshoots the runway. Yes, it will be. Uh, I, I, I think um, I'm actually Adelaide. I think they've Sydney hasn't beaten them this season. I think four four games. Um, I'm tipping the the Reds. I think they're going to spring a bit, a little bit of an upset. Um, three one. Three one away win. Um, I, I, I'm also going um, extra time. I'm going to go Adelaide in extra time. <laughs> 1-1 after normal time Adelaide extra time so um, um, there we go so that's a, a little bit of score predictions and um, and Kevin's getting up off his seat he looks like he's ready to go I'm leaving he's, he's going he's going to watch some comedy tonight <laughs> uh, so we'll say goodbye to Kev ta-ta 
Say goodbye to John. Bye-bye. 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 And, uh, and Con, thanks uh, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, we've got uh, a cheeky little interview with Ryan Grant now before we leave, uh, and we will speak to you next week. Enjoy the um, semifinals. Go, Sydney. Hi, Ryan. Uh, thanks for joining us today on the 442 FM podcast. We really appreciate you giving us your time today. No worries. Take that, me. Um, okay, so first question. Uh, you were around... Um, in 2010, uh, the last time Sydney FC played in a grand final, uh, you and the team must be looking forward to this game against Adelaide on Saturday night. Yeah, definitely. It's obviously a big game and everyone's pretty pumped for it. Obviously, we've got to win it to get in the final. So uh, everything's on the line at the moment and um, all the boys are pumped. Uh, like you said, I was there in 2010 and unfortunately I was injured at the time and didn't get to... Uh, take any part in the game or, or the final, so um, it'll be great if I get the chance to play this weekend, and then if we uh, get the win to play in the final, it'll be massive. What's it like uh, preparing for the, um, for this week's game, and how big of an impact is uh, having that extra week off? Uh, I don't think it's too much of an impact. Obviously, uh, we did a bit of travelling in the last uh, four weeks. We went to Wellington twice and Perth once, so. Um, it was a bit of a travelling and a bit of fatigue there and we got that uh, week off to rest um, in saying that we, we also got the in-house game against each other and it was a pretty hard session so um, we've got that uh, little bit of game in our legs still uh, I don't think we'll miss out in that way but um, yeah, this week it's, it's been no different uh, to be fair you don't really uh, think while you're training that you're, you're setting up for a semi-final major semi so um, it's everything the same, but um, when it gets to the crunch time, we know it's the semi-final will be up for it. Uh, the team hasn't performed as well at home compared to uh, your away form. Have you thought about playing in your away jerseys to simulate away conditions, perhaps? Uh, no, we haven't, actually. But uh, to be fair, I don't think we really play in our away jerseys. Even when we play away, we're not many teams clash with the sky blue, so um, I don't think it would make too much of a difference. Yeah. Uh, I think we do stay in hotels the night before to sort of uh, make it a similar a similar thing to um, the away game. So uh, Arnie's tried to do that, and um, it's worked so far. So hopefully uh, this weekend it can, we can work again. And um, speaking of jerseys, have you been taking precautions not to repeat what happened uh, at Wellington Phoenix? Uh, do you wear two jerseys just in case? Yeah, no, um, I was uh, very silly myself and I've copped <laughs> a fair bit. And, um, no surprise if there's a question about that. But, um, no, to be fair, since, since that game I've started every game, so um, it's been pretty easy for me to put my jersey on when I'm running out. So um, hopefully... Uh, I don't forget this weekend. Uh, <laughs> no, it'd really be embarrassing. But um, no, nah, hopefully that's just the one in the career thing, and I'll never do that again. Because I tell you what, I've, I've copped it pretty bad. <laughs> um, you, you must be happy uh, to have Mark Yanko and Terry Antonis back in the side. Uh, must be a big boost to have them um, be training with the team this week. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, they're great players, obviously. Mark just missed the one game and um, he's back now training and, and looking good. But Terry Antonis is a massive boost. I think he's been out for a while now, but uh, he's been training this week and he's looked fantastic. It doesn't look like he's missed a beat. So um, they're great players for us and um, we're pretty keen to have them back and hopefully they can take part this weekend's game. Uh, you suffered a pretty bad injury last season. Um, and you just said that you've been playing every game since uh, since the jersey incident. How's the body going? Have you fully recovered and shaken the injury off? 
Yeah, I think uh, everything's good at the moment. My body feels good. Uh, obviously, yeah, I was out for more than 12 months, so it's a bit of a um, hiccup along the road. But, um, no, everything's good now. I've been back for a while, so uh, the body's starting to feel good and um, getting my confidence back too in playing and uh, starting to feel good and starting to feel like I'm getting back to where I was. So uh, everything's hunky-dory at the moment. I'm very happy with how everything's going and um, hopefully we can, I can keep going the way I'm going and... Uh, hopefully, the team can, can do the same, and we can go all the way. And uh, how have you? Um, what have you thought of your form this season? Uh, um, coming back from an injury like that, a lot of players say it takes time. Uh, do you think you're back playing at your best? Yeah, it definitely does take time. Obviously, uh, I was back about I think around six or seven, so I've been back for a little bit now. And, and like I just said, I, I feel like I'm getting my confidence back and starting to play. Uh, pretty decent. Uh, I've been in and out of the team a little bit this year, yeah. but um, I didn't expect anything different, obviously, being out for the amount of time I was. So, um, no, I'm starting to feel good, and um, the body's feeling good, and, and I'm starting to feel my confidence there, so everything's really good at the moment. Um, both your coach, uh, Graham Arnold, and your captain, Alex Bross, have talked about getting revenge over Adelaide United after you were thrown a sucker punch and lost after dominating the game last time. It must be a big motivation for you guys on Saturday night. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I think that especially the last game, we, we played, were the better team in, in my opinion. I think a lot of people think that too. And um, We got chipped at the end there and they got one goal, so we, we went home with no points. So we weren't real happy with that, but we knew we played well enough to, to get the win, so that gives us confidence to know we can beat them and I suppose you can you can chuck the word revenge in there and, and, and um, give that little bit of extra motivation to make sure we, we do get the points or get the win on the weekend and, and make sure we're there in the final. But at the end of the day, it's just another game and um, Adelaide is just another team that we need to, to beat to, to get where we want to go and that's our ultimate goal is the final. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just another game. Uh, Sydney FC turned their season around um, after a shaky, uh, shaky uh, moment there. Tell us the influence um, your coach Graham Arnold has had um, getting you in this position where you're only one win away from the grand final. I think he's had a massive influence on that. I think obviously he came this season and like he was doing the best um, before the, the Christmas break, uh, also the Asian Cup break. Yeah. Um, we weren't playing the best, but. We knew we could uh, play better and we could see the potential of training. It just wasn't coming off as well as we'd like. But uh, the second half of the season, I think Arnie really stepped with us. And uh, obviously we had a few injuries and he brought in some players and they've been a big influence. So um, since then, I think we've been brilliant. I think the confidence is is a massive thing too. Once you start to get those wins, we knew what we were capable of and and it just sort of got on and off from there. So, um, yeah, no, Arnie's been a massive influence on that. and uh, he's done very well since he's come in. And looking forward to uh, the Saturday Saturday night against Adelaide, what's the key to victory, you think? Uh, I don't think I can really say. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we've got, Arnie's got his tactics and the way he wants to play and, and we've been practising that training. So we've got our way we want to play and um, we think we can exploit them in certain areas, so we'll do our best to do that. But... Um, Obviously, they're a very dangerous team and they're a very attack-minded team and they've got some great players, so we're going to have to be wary of what we do and, and how we do it. But like I said, Arnie's got um, tactics in that he wants us to do and hopefully we can we can do that on Saturday night and make sure we, we get the win. All right, well, good luck uh, on Saturday night. I hope you have a good game and the, uh, the team does well. 
Um, and thanks again for joining us today on 442 FM Podcast. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thanks right. for having me. Cheers.